Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. Welcome back to the Spurs Insider Podcast, live on tape from the Spurs Insider headquarters. And guys, we have some disturbing imagery around us today. We, we need to start off with that. Um, usually we, we refer to this as the soundproof, highly secure Spurs Insider uh, podcast headquarters, but but the studio is, is has been ransacked. There's today. been a hygiene breach. <laughs> there has been a huge breach. At headquarters, I don't know who is at, who is to blame for this, but we, we walked into the studio today and they were they were used Kleenex strewn all over the place. The uh, the 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 Ed Carton soundproofing on the walls has has just uh, debris on it today. Um, that we've we've talked to we've talked about just how great the studio is in the past, and it's 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 kind of off putting to start our our podcast uh, the in these conditions. Yeah. I, like my kids are a little young for this, but it's kind of like I think you your parents and you come home from uh, being gone for a week and your kids have had a party and not cleaned up. Yeah, and I, I don't know who that might be, whether it it's a, Greg Popovich trying to um, uh, sabotage us or... Uh, the Delta House podcast. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes. Uh, this, this week we are uh, joined again by Tom, Ringo Starr Orsborne, one of our uh, Express News Spurs beat writers, and Jeff... Uh, Kenneth Star McDonald. <laughs> that's <laughs> not. That's not right. Some, that's somebody, not right. Somebody who shares the same popularity. Uh, that's I'm, not I'm, right. I'm Mike Finger. We can get right into it. later on. We're going to talk about the Tony Parker uh, jersey retirement that's coming up next week. But before we get to that, I guess the place to start will be on the subject of of are these Spurs a couple of weeks into the season where we thought they would be. When, in, in podcasts past, when this studio is in much better condition and we weren't so disconcerted by the... the, the uh, really thrown off by this, to be honest. Yes. I mean, yeah. used Kleenexes, people. Yeah. I don't even know what they're used for, and that's the part that's really bothering it, me. It's disturbing. But, but in podcast past, we talked about how important it was for the Spurs to take advantage of their advantage in continuity and kind of make hay while the sun shines in terms of a, a relatively easy early schedule... Um, they've got everybody back who, you know, has been in the system. Um, did did they take advantage the way they should through the first few weeks of the season? Again, I don't I don't know when uh, the people in listener land are going to be listening to this, but is there a game they've lost so far that you feel like, well, that's just egregious? Like maybe Atlanta, but the Atlanta we... the the Atlanta loss was a bad loss. Okay, especially uh, okay. especially I mean Trey Young is incredible, and it's tough to stop him when he plays like that. But that's a team that's probably not going to make the playoffs. That earlier that day lost their second leading score yeah. for for twenty five. Okay, games. so that's one. The man yeah. on the street took that loss hard. Okay, so that's one. Uh, yeah, yeah, they really did. And it's hard to talk the man on the street out of yeah. that thought. I mean, mm-hmm. that's that's a legitimate. Those are the types of games that could make the difference in April when we're talking about who makes the playoffs. So they're one. They're one game beyond behind what reasonable people would think they would be. When you look at like the Lakers at home. That's another game that they that, could win. Th- that they could win. But, but and other than that, they've kind of won the games that they should, and yeah. and you know lost the game in Atlanta that they probably should have won too. So your but your question was, do we where are they relative to our preseason expectations? Correct. And I guess a game behind. Okay, they're they're 
you know, everything's colored with mediocrity right now. That's the, the, the record. Well, the, yeah. the offensive rating, I think, is 17th mm-hmm. uh, as of this airing of this podcast. Defensive rating's 14th. Mm-hmm. Middle of the pack all the way around. And they haven't really – I mean, what you were looking for early on is kind of a well-oiled machine. And, and that's – granted, that's unfair because they're starting a point guard that didn't play at all last year. So there was going to be some adjustments. But you wanted – to see a little more, or at, at least I thought there would be a little more of um, kind of Spursian midseason flow, and we have not really. It's, everything has sort of been a struggle, including Knicks and Wizards and teams like that. Yeah, I think one thing I don't. I hate to say things are cause for alarm two weeks in, but the whole thing about three point shooting with the Spurs, we've mm-hmm. always talked about. Well, they're just not going to shoot a lot. They shot the the thirtieth uh, most in the NBA last season. Uh, attempts wise, but they had the best percentage in the NBA last, and kind of made up for it that way. Like if you're going to shoot a few number of threes, you better hit a bunch of them. Mm-hmm. This year they're not doing that. They're they're t- still taking a few number of threes, and they're not making hardly any of them. And I think that's that gets to be problematic. Three games with a hundred points or less. Yeah. Uh, you know you're not getting that. Uh, you know I hate to harp on Bellinelli, but you know he's been pretty pretty bad of late. I mean, that's not the whole reason for that, but right. they're just not getting production where they got... poor guy again on this thing? Yeah. I looked at his stats from last year at this time, and mm-hmm. pretty noticeable difference. He's averaging, last year at this time, 11 points, and he was shooting uh, on threes upward of 30%, and just nowhere near that. Well, yeah, uh, you didn't have to give me the numbers because I yeah. have eyes and <laughs> right. watch the games, and... Uh, yeah, yeah. He I, had some rough stretches against Atlanta. Like I don't know, I, I don't know how you say tire fire in Italian, but that's kind of what this has been for poor Mr. Marco so far. It's it's not been good. And on the on the three point shooting that that Jeff brought up earlier, um, I I'm not sure how that gets better. Like there's yeah. there's not guys on this team that just haven't haven't started making them yet. It's 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 not a case where one guy who you know is eventually going to start making threes is going to stop slumping and, and it's going to come around. This is kind of who they're going to be for I mean, a while. they had four guys shoot more than 40% last year. Yeah. Can't, they lost one of them for no reason mm-hmm. to uh, Washington, but can't three of those guys shoot better? The other three were Patty. And uh, Brent Forbes and Rudy Gay. Okay. Patty's... I mean, I'm not, I'm not saying they will. I'm just saying, A, they do have some guys who can make threes, but... But also, I think I think Davis was really important to that operation for sure. And and so some of the percentage those percentages could come up, but none of those guys are necessarily volume, volume three guys, point shooters, except for maybe Bryn. So at best, with this team, you kind of have what they were last year. Like their percentages go up. Okay, that's great. But you're still not. You're still probably going to rank near the bottom in terms of total three pointers made. Right. But if you're going to do that, you better make a bunch of them. Yeah. Or else you're in. in you mean make, make a make a high percentage of them? Well, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's what I meant. A bunch of your limited attempts, right? And it's clear now that Demar wasn't going to try to even. There have been yeah. moments in games, yeah, where and there was one I think against the Lakers. Thinking of where I was sitting, way up next to Jeff, who's banished upstairs now, um, where. He got the ball. There was a, an offensive rebound. He ends up with the ball on the, behind the three-point line, wide open. And those are the three-pointers that teams love to take. Right. When they're off of offensive rebounds, the defense is set. Yeah. You can kind of get a quick one there. 
And if he's not taking that one, he took a couple dribbles in and tried to take a mid-range shot, and I'm not sure if he made it or not. But Actually, I remember that play. He took a couple dribbles in and found somebody else for a three. That's right. That's what happened. Which I think the three, they, whoever that was, missed the shot anyway. But the, 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 the point, point is, is if he's not going to take that he's shot, not take there's any. not many that he's going to take. Nope. And to wait on him, it's almost like a waste of breath to talk about DeRozan becoming a three-point right. shooter because he's just not going to do it. I can't and, do and, it. And we can argue about whether he should or not, but he does not want to do it, clearly. He doesn't feel comfortable with it. And he can be an effective player doing what he did last year and doing what he's done so far. It's just kind of, if, if you were that Spurs fan who wanted to see him add that part to his game, that's got to be kind of frustrating to watch plays like that because he's, he's just not going to do it. Is it... The you mentioned the other guys, Rudy, Brent Forbes. Those percentages could come up. Patty's, Patty's, but you know, Ru- playing poor. Ru- Rudy was like a career high last year. Like mm-hmm. you, he's not a guy you expect to be sort of a forty percent three point shooter. So his his might not come up that far. But you think Brent Forbes and Patty? But I don't. With the second unit, I don't think the spacing's as good because you have no Davis Bertans anymore. Right. And eventually, we we've talked about this on the the Spurs Insider podcast before. By the way, subscribe to the Spurs Nation newsletter. Come to Express News. Did you say newsletter? Come subscribe to the um, That's Freudian. Okay, I didn't expect to be analyzed here, but yeah, <laughs> the, the, the Spurs Nation newsletter on expressnews.com. No lose in that. There's no lose in news. Do all that stuff. We were we've talked about before about the second union unit and whether there will be changes to that. And again. Not to keep harping on Marco Bellinelli, but that's the obvious. Oh, I adjustment. think Marco's playing all eighty-two, baby. <laughs> He's gonna be the last guy. I don't know. Clearly not. Like I don't, Tom, no, you covered the um, you covered the the Golden State game in San Francisco where Damari Carroll made his debut. Um, what can you tell us about Carroll and how he's fitting in? Whether we'll see more of him? Oh, uh, it's still going to be real tentative with him. I think. Uh, you know, I I think I think that he didn't come into camp in the best of shape. That's what I'm gleaning from just being around him and Pop and just hearing them kind of speak between the lines. And I think you know that that set him back as far as learning the system goes. And that's saying I, something when the other free agent um, ac- acquisition of the offseason, Trey Lyles, showed up with pneumonia and, and became yeah. an opening night starter. You know, I remember uh, Damari during training camp, he was on the on the stationary bike quite a bit after oh, yeah. practice. And that kind of feeds into that theory, uh, trying to get bring his uh, level up shape. That would make sense. But he is... He seems like a guy who could be an answer in a number of ways because he's known for playing a little bit of defense. Yeah. That could help there. If he becomes the the three-point shooter that he has been in parts of his career, that could add some spacing there. That mm-hmm. could add some punch there. We'll, we'll just have to see whether he, he ever becomes part of that rotation. And, and again, not to beat up Marco, but people, he, people think of him as a 40. He, I don't think he's ever hit 40% in a right. season. He's yeah. about third, 36 that, to 38. That and that's six. about where Damari Carroll typically is, too. Yeah. Like I don't think there's a big drop-off there, and we're three-point-wise. And uh, you know, and then obviously Carroll's going to give you more defensively than, than Bellinelli will. Uh, not to keep harping on poor Marco. But we're talking about Marco and the guy that we thought would take those minutes yeah. had a mm-hmm. pretty big setback on the West Coast trip. Uh, Lonnie Walker, right? Uh, you know, he got a couple of minutes against uh, Atlanta. I, played. I they were. They were not. They, I think he played two. They yeah, were not good. Which minutes. is what he played in Golden State. They were not I good. mean, um, I'm sorry, and in, in against the Clippers as well. Some some behind the scenes. 
on on Twitter and via email, people will like to ask us, you know, why don't you ask question X, Y, Z, whatever, mm-hmm. and just. The way that unfolded after the Clippers game, Tom, you wanted to ask the question about Lonnie. What Lonnie Walker finally got to play against the Clippers, and you asked Pop, you know, what what did you think of Lonnie? And his, he gave this quick one word, horrible. And you thought, okay, that knowing Pop, that could yeah. be either just him blowing you off and exactly. not wanting to answer it. Yeah, he might have thought that he played great. But, he could have just been in a mood. But a so, very astute reporter had a follow up so, question. So I wanted to. I wanted yeah. to. Because I knew people want to know what Pop thinks of Lonnie Walker. Why isn't Lonnie Walker playing more? Yeah. I asked, well, is that something that happens a lot with young guys? Do you expect them question. to occasionally play question. horribly? Was that you know a, a notable that he played horribly, yeah. or is that something that to be expected from a young guy? And then he just went off. <laughs> he, he fired all guns. at the, yeah. And he's done that with guys before, and it doesn't mean that he hates Lonnie Walker. It doesn't yeah, have any, Non-competitive. Right, non-competitive. statement. Basically saying that he got menaced, didn't take advantage of them. Um, and this is something that Pop does with players that he likes. I mean, he used to say that about Tony Parker, about all, all up and down the line. It, it, he wouldn't be ripping a guy if he didn't have high hopes, high hopes for him. But clearly these, the Spurs expect a little more from Lonnie. And he's on a short leash, apparently. I mean, because yeah. he played in Atlanta and it, wasn't, it was kind of a quick hook there, too. The, and I don't know that you can – I mean, I don't, I don't know how long that goes on either. Like, you can't really play a guy two minutes and then – yeah. Yankee Did he have forever. that rap in college where he would kind of I mean, for lose the one, focus the a little bit? Play, I don't know. Yeah, it's it's like it, I don't want to psychoanalyze the. the yeah, poor we've guy. had enough like, I don't know. analyzing yeah, so yeah. far. <laughs> yeah, but oh, oh, but I will. How about that? Okay. But you know, you see him sort of. He's a he's a goofy kid, mm-hmm. which is fine. You see him kind of skipping around practice and happy go lucky, and all that is fine. Teams need some of that. But then you do that, and if you go out there and say, and then you blow a defensive assignment or, mm-hmm. you know, you, you screw up a fast break. or you, It's mostly mental things is the things that, that, that Pop really yeah. gets mad at. If, you, if, you're, if, you're, if you're that happy-go-lucky guy who's also blowing defensive assignments, then I think maybe the, the coaches will, will, have, will question you a little bit and have a shorter leash. And I don't know that that's what's going on, but I'm just sort of putting some puzzle pieces together. It, it, it just can be to, to – to look at it from the fans' point of view, it's it's kind of off-putting when that leash seems so much shorter than the Marco Bellinelli right. leash, <laughs> right? Or the whoever, right? Right. But I, I and again, I'm not saying this was going on, but I can see where if you looked at the whole picture and you're a coach, you're going, "Is this guy taking this seriously?" Right. Like he's th- pop. Who's who's pops like biggest whipping boy of all time was probably Danny Green, right? And it was a lot of the same stuff early to the point that they had actually ended up cutting Danny twice, had to call Roy Williams in, like, can you talk to Danny Green mm-hmm. and try to explain to him how to be a professional and blah, blah, blah. So the fact that they're sort of on him in this way, I think is an encouraging sign for him. Um, but, you, you know, I, I just, I think when it's a young kid early in his career that you have high hopes for, maybe you got to be a little harder on them yeah. than a Marco Bellinelli who's 30-whatever. and. Mm-hmm. This this is a, another subject, and it's not it's far f- from breaking news. People who've been watching this team the last couple of years probably understand this um, as well as anybody. But watching that Atlanta game, I was kind of struck by the fact that once again, the Spurs did not have the best player on the floor, even against a team like Atlanta, yeah. who's not going to make the playoffs in the East. And that happens. They so rarely th- their depth is great. They have a lot of veteran guys they have a lot of promising young guys 
but this team rarely has the best player on the floor. And that's such a huge thing in the NBA. And, yep. and, and they used to have that, whether it was Tim Duncan, Tony Parker was the best player on the floor at his peak. Manu Ginobili could be. Kawhi Leonard there. definitely yeah. was. This team just doesn't have that anymore. And, and in situations like the end of, of the Hawks game, the best player on the by it, people who had never watched basketball before in their life could walk in and say, "Oh, that guy, that kid Trey Young, he's the best guy out there." Right. And and I just wanted to get you guys' take on how big of an issue that is, and 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 is that something that is just going to have to be overcome the rest of the season because well, the Spurs yeah, don't have that star. They don't, and it's sort of a product of drafting twenty sixth, twenty seventh, twenty eighth, twenty ninth every year. Yeah. Like. I, Sometimes you understand the let's all tank everything uh, argument because that's the only way the Spurs are going to get the best player on the floor anymore. I mean, I think LaMarcus Aldridge is really good. I think DeMar DeRozan is really good. But they're at a stage of their career where they're very rarely going to be the best player on the floor. Like when when the Spurs are at their best, it's because DeJounte Murray is the best player on the floor. That's exactly right. And and we've talked about identity these first couple of uh, podcasts during the the season and what the Spurs are going to be. And I think it's becoming more and more clear that – Okay, the 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 baseline of this team, kind of the floor of this team, is um, Lamarcus Aldridge and and Demar Derozan kind of making them okay and yeah. and and being competitive and mm. giving them a chance, and but al- the, almost winning in Atlanta, yeah. right? But the ceiling of this team is Dejounte Murray taking over and just yes. being. And I don't know a that star. The, I don't know that happens this year. Yeah, I might not. Like it takes more. Of, I think it takes more than a year for that transition to. You know, I think when we look back at it, maybe that's kind of the the really um, devastating part about last season was yeah. last season would have been this season, and DeJounte might have already been there this season had he had last season to sort of figure out how to, I don't want to say rest control of the team because it sounds like they're fighting over it, but mm-hmm. somebody's got to be the the uh, ringleader of this bunch, and I, I think when it's, when it's all said and done, they're better when and that's DeJounte Murray. Yeah. But he's not there. I don't think he's there yet to be able to do that every game he's night in, night out. And, and Aldridge, you know, he's kind of mirroring what he did last year um, early in the season. And teams still, they double him. They throw all kind of defenses at him, slow him down. When you take that away, you know, it really, it really hurts him. Yeah. The the DeJounte thing, it's – there was a game recently when he got benched basically – Early in the season, we've talked about minutes restrictions, but he's also kind of getting benched at times for not playing well. Um, sometimes. Sometimes. Foul trouble. Foul trouble, that kind of thing. So we'll see how that goes. I was surprised in the Atlanta game they didn't use Derek White more on Young. White played him really well in two games last year. Yeah. Um, um, now, at the end of the game, they had Mills on the court. Yeah. I guess they needed the three-point shooting, yeah, but yeah. I was a little surprised by that. I don't think Derek was 100% that game. Yeah, yeah, I mean, there you go. He was really, really banged up and – May still be banged up for all I know. I mean, he's he's been basically battered battered around so far. That fall he took against the Lakers was pretty scary. It was horrific. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and and that can segue into another. At that same part of the floor was where we once saw a gentleman named Tony Parker take a pretty horrific um, spill, and he's going to be the center of attention coming up that next week. That is the worst segue. Well, like that is well, horrible. <laughs> well, can we can, can we go back and try that again? I, I kind of liked it. <laughs> and, and, and it not just one spill, but I mean countless. Y'all are yeah. dark. <laughs> well, what I remember, just just where we saw Derek White hit the floor and just yeah. this kind of gas from the arena, that's right. the, the, the loudest gasp or the most just 
worrisome reaction that I've seen from that spot was when we heard Tony Parker literally literally yell, where you could hear that in that playoff game a couple of years ago. That's a horrible segue. Well, that's how you want to but, segue into Jersey retirement, are, though. Like but, that's the moment you want to talk about. Well, what 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 would you like to talk about with Tony Parker, who's going to be the center of attention Monday night against the Memphis Grizzlies when he has his number nine you know, taken pe- to the rafters? People are really. I've heard some people, man on the street again, talk about Dejounte. You know, a lot Murray. of men on the street. <laughs> Dejounte man. Murray, boy, he's he's even better than Tony oh, Parker in the lane. Not, yeah. Oh my gosh! Yeah. I yeah. mean, no, nothing against DeJounte him. Dejounte can do some things better than Tony, but that's yeah. Not, I mean, just, oh my gosh! Yeah. I mean, Tony couldn't rebound like that, but yeah, but yeah. still, I mean, finish after finish. He had after a finish. six foot whatever three guy who would lead yeah. the league in paint points for years and years and years and years. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. It's it's very fair to what Tom Tom spends a lot of time with the men on the street and he's got a, he's got a good feel for the, See, the people. That's what happens when you're we're an extrovert. Yes, I prefer to be in this studio. It might have been the man on the street who came in here and left batteries <laughs> and Kleenex strewn all over this place. But it is true, and it's just a random pair random of keys. Pair of keys. <laughs> They look like they're the handcuffs. I don't they know what's might, going on here. Be, I'm they, starting to put some pieces together. I don't yes, know what happened in this room. Yes. Uh, anyway, but the 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 general man on the street time, and this is your beat in, in San Antonio. The man on the street beat. The, yes. prob, the man on the street beat. Tony Parker of the of the big three, probably the least appreciated, and yes. and and maybe no, for I, I sure like it's unfair, but the least beloved for sure. I would go. I would go so far as to say he's probably one of the most underappreciated in his own. "Quote unquote hometown stars ever." Yeah, I, I think that's probably ever accurate. The thing that it, one of his, my favorite, if only because there, he always played with two guys who yes, the people love yes, more. Yes, yes, and he was never going to, he was never going to outdraw Manu in that in right. this town. In that, I mean, we, we've talked about it before. But Duncan's the greatest player in Spurs history yes. and beloved in that fashion. But Manu's right. the most beloved player. Yes. And Tony was never going to be either of those things. For, through so many years of um, back when Jeff had a courtside seat, Long some of us had ago. courtside seats. Going back to uh, last season, there was there was there was always the fans there who had the season tickets behind the yeah, bench. Yeah, I know who you're talking about. Yeah. That would that would just rail on Popovich for playing. It was Tony it was too much. pass the ball, Tony. Pass, pass the, ball, the ball, Tony. Tony. Yeah. Run the offense, Tony. Yeah, like no the. It's a pick and roll. Like he's shooting wide open jumpers. Like that's the that is the offense. He's running the offense. And but but do you know that why fan, that fan spoke for a lot of people though who but wanted to see Manu take over and for Tony. That's to pass what I was saying. Ball. Do you know why it wasn't? It, that's why it was because it wasn't. Nec- it was, he became anti Tony because yes. he was pro Manu, and it's right. weird how that kind of happened for a while in in uh, among San Antonio fandom. Mm-hmm. But you know, I think I think as time has gone on, people have become appreciative of Monsieur Parker. And those great series with the Lakers, it was always stop Tony. Yeah. Stop yeah. Tony. That was the key. Yeah. And when they did, they usually won. Uh, you know, that that just spells speaks volumes to me. I, I just don't – I, I think there's also, when you're making the contrast, there was a period in there where you the, – he, Tony could come off as Hollywood to mm-hmm. fans, like Hollywood, like bigger than a, above uh, us. There was a certain marriage yeah, that fed into that. All, all yeah. that stuff. And I just, I think, I think eventually maybe we moved past that fan-wise. Mm-hmm. I, I, I guess what I'm getting at is like he, he like he just. He became he, more and more Spursy in the longer he right. went through his career. And he built himself into this guy. Like yeah. he, he probably was that kind of cocky kid at first and. The Hollywood guy in there, but he became a Spursian 
kind of guy. And yeah. and and, and talk and, and tough, like super tough. Like super pe- tough. Be, that's what I was getting at. Like you you'd look at him as little Mr. Hollywood kind mm-hmm. of prima donna as some of the fans might he think. He took a licking. He was tough. Yep. Yeah, tough, and then, tough, then, tough. then at the end of his career, coming back from that injury, how tough was that? Yeah, right. You know? Glad somebody right. brought up that injury. <laughs> the 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 other thing with him, I mean, one of his more somebody was was asking fans the other day about their Tony Parker moments, and one of the all time greatest shots is forgotten because the Spurs ended up losing the thirteen finals against yeah, Miami. Yeah, game one, but the game yeah. one where he falls, falls to, to his the ground, knee, bank glass, banks off the glass <laughs> to win that game. That would be and, iconic. And who's guarding Spurs to LeBron? The that was LeBron on James. Tony had some. Tony had some great moments. He had some great moments. He like people remember the 03 finals when he was just starting out and he gets benched for Speedy Claxton. Yeah. That kind of I think he got a raw deal for that um for years because it made, made people think that he wasn't a big game guy, but he was he was the MVP of the what the 07, 07 finals. finals. Yeah, and he was their best player in there for a while and after that. I and mean, he probably will will give the best absolutely. jersey retirement speech absolutely. if anybody get that. He's, he's been yes. the highlight of both the other guys, I and, think. He's he's good at that. And from a media standpoint, he always gave us a little update, yes. injury update, uh, when others were reluctant to talk. Yes. He, he was he, a good PR director. Yes. He was a good PR man. He was a good interview. Uh, a great thing that I'd heard about the first two retirements with uh, with Tim and Manu is he always asked to speak first because he realized that, that everybody's going to be telling the same anecdotes and he wanted to get the first shot at him so he's not repeating anybody. Yeah, he gets which, all the good material. Which only Tony would, would be cognizant <laughs> yeah. of that and figure that yeah. out. He, he understood how to play the game. It would be great to look forward to see that night. Um, there will be the usual array of Spurs Glitterali and uh, Glitterali? You are Glitter- just enunciating uh, poorly today. I am a poor enunciator today. I think it's Glitterati. People from Glitterati, the- yeah. I, it's the studio has thrown us off. And they're starting at 6.30 p.m., right. the game, which Get will give um, journalists time to meet hit deadline after the game. That'll be good for if everybody. You, if you're into sort of nostalgia, it will be kind of neat at the end to have all three of those jerseys side yeah. by side by side. And the Spurs do. Is this the end of the retirements? I think so. Yeah. I think so. For a while. Like, for a long, that might be the last one. And the Spurs do a great job with them. They they. They people do. people across the league kind of make fun of how long they go on, but a lot of teams do them at halftime and where you're kind of limited. Yeah. They do it at the end where you can just go yeah. on all night. The fans love it. It's great. So do you, you don't think there's any sort of like role player type off the? Is there a Danny Green? Like, uh, I'm, j- I'm just throwing little... it out there. I don't know. We're we're getting to the to the end of the Spurs. <laughs> you want to do this insider next week? podcast? We could, but the 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 thing there is, I think they would love to eventually retire Danny Green's jersey, but that makes them look horrible if they don't retire another one who played with Danny Green at that same time. Time, which I don't think the Spurs are ready to retire Kawhi Leonard's jersey anytime soon. That's gonna be that's gonna be an issue to talk about in future editions of the Spurs Insider Podcast. From the once secure, the once top secret, the once comfortable um, Spurs Insider headquarters. That we're, we're all shook this week. We hope that you can get over that with us. And we we hope we, we were able to do a good job in these trying circumstances. I'm gonna bring bleach in a mop. You can look forward to that. Read the read expressnews.com. Subscribe to Spurs Nation newsletter. We will come back at you next time. Until then, take care of each other and keep it real. <laughs>